0: Um, Guys, that was brilliant, wasn't it? Uh, You've obviously practiced really hard. Bless your hearts. That was really really good. Guys, you know the drill when it comes to um, this type of service. I love to take the child's name and um, I've done this for years and years over my ministry and I love to take the child's name I love to look at the meaning of the name of the child and I like to preach around it. So this morning we're going to be looking at the name Logan now, you probably know this because you chose the name, but Logan actually comes, it's a Scottish surname, and we've got the Logan girls in with us this morning, yeah. And um, it's actually derived from a place in Ayrshire, believe it or not. And it's the surname of a family, a group in that area, but it derives from the, Scot- the Scottish, um, the Gaelic for, for Lagan, um, which means a hollow. Now, initially that sounds a bit empty, doesn't it? Hollow. But all hollows, in that sense, and the lagon as we know here, are to be filled with life, to be filled with amazing things. But it does actually mean, the root of it means hollow. But in the Bible. And this is where we always flick back. We look to see what the name means and then we see if there's anything with relation to it in the Bible. And there's lots in the Bible. In fact, in the book of Isaiah, there are two amazing passages in the book of Isaiah that talk about a hollow And it brings us into a a lovely um, understanding of God, a wonderful understanding of God, and the fact that God is a God of great might and great power, and he's an amazing God, he's a God of great strength, and all of those things, but he's also a very up-close and personal God. Are you glad this morning, church, that you have an up-close personal saviour? That you've got one who's close, who sticks closer to you than a brother. And this is what these scriptures around this about the hollow actually mean. I'm going to read to you, some of you may know this um, positive scripture quite well. It's Isaiah 40 and the verses 10 to 12. We're going to just look at those first and they'll come up on the screen if you don't have a Bible with you this morning. And it says this, see the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm See, the reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. Listen to this lovely verse. He tends the flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart and gently leads those that are young. He has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand. Are with the breath of his hand marked off the heavens, who has held the dust of the earth, and in a basket are weighed on the mountain of the scales, and the hills in a balance. So, can you understand what I'm saying about God? That how he's this amazing God with so much power, where he measures even the waters of this earth in the hollow of his hand. And we know that God doesn't physically have a hand. He is a spirit being. But it shows you how mighty and how powerful he is. He stands in the circumference of the world. He is so powerful and he is so mighty. He's enthroned above the circle of the world. And he can take it all in in his power and might. And yet he is so up close and personal. He says, I want to gather you like lambs that you may be close to my heart. Why does somebody want you to be close to their heart? Because they want you to hear their heartbeat. They want you to know their passion for you. If there was one guy in the Bible I would like to be, it was John the Beloved. Because John the Beloved was the closest one to the Lord Jesus. He was his one. And there's a part of Scripture that talks about how he laid his his head on Christ's chest in a meal. I'm sure he heard his heartbeat for him. That lovely, up-close, personal relationship that God wants for us. Even though he's the God of all things, high, mighty, so big and so mighty and all of those things, yet he comes close and personal to us. On one of my missionary trips, I was in South Africa in a place called Grasskop, and there there's a place called God's Window. And it's amazing. You stand and you're on this mountainous region, and you look across and you see there's a mighty drop, and then you see all these plains for. You can see for miles around you, and it's such a beautiful, majestic place. And yet that we know nothing. When God stands and looks over His creation, how mighty it is, and wonderful it is, and how powerful it is, and He holds it all together, He's created it all, and yet in the midst of all of this, a great, mighty, powerful being. And yet He wants to be up close and personal to you and to me. Do you know, in this passage of Scripture, we see as well in Isaiah 40 verses 28 to 31 how he is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. But he says this, he will not grow tired or weary. His understanding no one can fathom. But he says this, he will give strength to us who become weary and increase the power of the weak. Even youths grow and tired and weary and young men will stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and they will not grow weary. They will walk and they will not be faint. This powerful God desires to share his life with us. To desire to share his life with us in such a way that when we become weary of life, when we become despondent, when we become hollow and empty, that he wants to come and fill us with his presence. That he wants to fill us with good things amazing things powerful things that come from him and i don't know about you but you know in this life that we live i remember back i was in third year at school when they brought computers in and for those that know me even the fact that i'm up here with an ipad just showing off because i'm afraid of those things honestly most of my friends in ministry preach from their iPads and write their sermons on their iPads. I'm using a crayon and a bit of paper still or a chalkboard. I just don't like technology. I remember when they brought the computers into the chemistry suite in our school, the boys high, I was freaking out thinking I got so nervous and thinking, well you say I'm gonna press a button and I'm gonna blow the screw up. No joke, seriously I know I'm laughing about it now But it took me ages to get a hold of technology I am not good, I do have a phobia Around technology Ask any of our boys in the desk And, and Chris has been amazing And Mark's been amazing to me Because I have to throw stuff to them all the time And say, how do you do that? I just don't have no concept of even how half of that works And yet we were told When we would get all these computers And we would you know, get our emails on the phone That it was going to help us That we were going to have so much time in our hands, we could nearly go off to a wee desert island somewhere and I'd push a button, everything would be done for us and our life would be a breeze. I don't know about you, my life's more complicated now. Everybody can get me all the time. We're pinging this and pinging that and we're constantly, and we do it too and you probably say it now, we've even lost the art of fellowship and conversation. You know, I watched a family yesterday And they were all sitting around. And instead of dialoguing with one another, every one of them were on their phones. Mom and dad and the kids, everybody was on their phones, catching up with the latest feed and this, that. And we were so absorbed with all of this stuff. And it's actually bringing us to a place where we're actually under more pressure in life than we are in rest. Some of you have come to church this morning and you're in the middle of a storm Has it been lovely and calm and sunny and we've really enjoyed all this lovely weather. And then we woke up this morning and it's still drizzling out there now. Now, No the grind needs it. And some of us are maybe a bit thankful for a wee bit of rain this morning. But some of you are in a season and it's like a season of dullness. It seems everything's dry and you're thirsty and there's so much going on in your life. And instead of being living in freedom and joy and peace, there's an emptiness inside. It's like everything's been ripped out of you. And you know, many of you will be at that place of that same feeling, but the cause of that will be so different for every one of us. Some of us is because of a work situation, some of us is because of family situation, some of us because of a breakdown of a relationship. There are so many things that can bring us to this place of real weariness, and dryness, and emptiness within our life. And sometimes we just feel like saying, I've had enough. I, my first church I pastored in Scotland. And when I went there, I was only 24, the new kid on the block. And um, the first people, nobody knew who we were as a church. And um, all they saw was this wee Irish fella, and I think half the time thought I was the priest. And I had to do a lot of explaining why I was there and what I was doing. I was starting a new church and all of those things. And the first few people that we brought into church life was through going round and knocking on the door. I would go round and knock on somebody's door and say, Hello, I'm Stephen. I'm the new pastor of a local church and would love to see you come to church. And the very first family that came to the church were such a lovely, lovely family. But at thirty-eight, morning, standing at the back of the church, i never forget it as long as I live, lovely sunny day. She had the wee ones, we had only a wee small group of kids and she had them for a walk up the road and brought them back down And at the wee room in the back of the church that we hired and we were all stand talking and the next minute, mourning on the ground, massive stroke. A nurse, a mother of three kids, a lovely wife, an amazing girl and struck down like that with this stroke. But you know, see today, she's still praising God. But see in the middle of the very early days when I would go and visit her in her front room and she was lying on the bed down the stairs and having to pull herself up on a hoist and all of those things. There was days she would turn and look at me and her mouth all down at one side and she would say, Pastor, I've just told the Lord, stop the world, I want to get off. There's times we feel like that, don't we? We feel so empty and hollow inside. We just want to stop the world. I want to get off. But within this scripture, he's saying that he holds the waters of the earth in the hollow of his hands. He brings hope when there's no hope. He says, I will renew hope in you. I will give you strength. And we'll move on to another chapter in Isaiah 49, verse 2. It says, He made my mouth like a sharp sword. He hid me in the hollow of his hand. He made me like a sharp arrow. He hid me in the quiver. The same God that holds the oceans in his hands. He is so mighty. He's so strong. He's so powerful. he sent to us as a people today, I want to hold you in the hollow of my hand. I want to hold you safe in there. I want to protect you. I want to look after you. I want to comfort you. I want to hold you when everything seems to be going south. I will hold you in the hollow of my hand. And you know, God is speaking to his nation, his people here, in a time when they have been carried off into captivity. These were a group of people, the people of Israel, who were supposed to be God's chosen people. God was going to do brilliant things through them. They were going to be a real blessed people. They were to flourish. They were to do great and wonderful things for God. But they find themselves in captivity. And the reason they were in captivity and they were carried off by the Babylonians was instead of entering God's plan for their life, they decided to do lives by themselves and do their own thing. So they get caught away and caught up into captivity. But even here, in Isaiah, the first 35 chapters of Isaiah is very much about condemnation of their sin. But here in chapter 49, we see a lovely turning. And God is starting to say to these people, I'm going to give you hope. I will grant you hope in your situation. Do you know this passage here relates very much to, and with this wee baby in church this morning. But it relates to the children of Israel, being like an expecting mother, extended within their body, ready to give birth. But instead of giving birth to a child, it comes to nothing. Absolutely nothing. There is nothing there. Such a sense of emptiness. Such a sense of hollowness. These chosen people who were supposed to do so much end up doing so little. But in their way back to God, trying to do their wee bits and pieces, God's wanting to remind them, I'm going to do it all. You let me down. You failed. That's why you're empty. But I'm going to come in my grace and I'm going to fulfill you. I'm going to allow you to experience my splendor. I'm going to allow you to experience my presence and you know for us today in the 21st century it's just the same there are so many people wanting to reach out to God who need God but their way of trying to do it is to try and do things that they think are going to make them right with God I'll go and visit that wee old woman I'll get her shopping I'll go and see my granny I'll do good works I'll read a wee bit of the bible I'll go to church every once in a while and I'll try and earn brownie points with God And all the time, God is saying, I want to show you my splendor. I want to share my life with you. I want to give myself to you. But you can't come your own way. You can't outdo what I've already done in my grace. Because when Jesus went to die on the cross for us, that was the open door for us to experience the pleasure and the splendor of God in our lives. And it's not by what we do. It's about what he has already done, what he gave his life. What we need to do is just accept him by faith and receive this hope that he wants to give us within this life. We know Jesus became his greatest servant. And here Isaiah, in this part of Isaiah, he explains a lot about what the servants of God should be and what they should be. And he, he, he goes, speaks a wee bit more about that. But the greatest servant of all was Jesus Christ who came to bring us into relationship with God. And you know, his love for us and his desire for us is expressed again about the hollow of his hand. Because we read on in chapter 49, verse 16, he says, his love for us is expressed by saying that he has written our names into the very palm of his hand. For those who will come to him, who are empty, who are trodden down, for who have been oppressed, for those that are empty in life, for whatever reason it may be, you just can't get fulfilled. He says, if you come to me, if you're hollow, if you come to me, because I believe within every one of us, there is a God-shaped void. And when we come to him who died on the cross for us, to remove our sin, that we can come into relationship with him, we can come into that place where we know that our names are written in the very palm of his hand. That hand that wants to cover us, care for us, and look after us. Look at this lovely verse just before verse 16. Verse 15 says this. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast? And have no compassion on the child she has born. Though she may forget, I will never forget you. It's very rare to hear about a mother rejecting their child, isn't it? Very, very rare. Because the bond between a mother and a child is so amazing. It is so, so strong. But you know, sometimes in life things happen. Sometimes in life things happen but it's always mostly there but here what god is saying is this even if a mother rejects a child he will never but we can expand in that this morning no matter what circumstance you have gone through today to lead you to a place of feeling hollow and empty and with nothing to live for inside whatever brought you to that place God is saying, as we talked about wee Logan early on, Psalm 139, when he was in Michelle's womb, he knew every part of that wee baby. Every hair upon his head, everything within side that child, not just physically, but emotionally, spiritually, everything about that wee night, God knew. And what he tells us today is this, I will never forget one of my creations. I will always be there for my creation. I love my creation. And if a mother won't forget it, or a mother could forget a child, but I will not forget the child. Many things may bring us to that place of being hollow, but only God can fill that void. I want you to look at a photograph. I came across this during the week. Um, this is of a sculpture done by a Romanian man who lives in Switzerland and it's on the banks of the Geneva Lake. Very poignant, isn't it? Ever feel that way? That you're looking in a hole throughout yourself and there's just nothing there. This sculpture was sculptured because he lost his wife and he went into isolation, into hibernation. He just wasn't functioning without the love of his wife and he withdrew from life. But making this helped him to regain a bit of confidence again. But I think that speaks so much of so many people that today there's the void and they're looking through and they just see emptiness. Sometimes we try to fill that gap. The world is trying to fill it with more technology, more entertainment, doing this, doing that, more holidays, more cars, a bigger house. You know, if we can have this in my life and that. I can fill this gap. But the reality of it is, there's only one who can fill that gap. And that is the one who created you. The one who gave you life from the very beginning. He's the one who can fill your emptiness. One gentleman who saw this commented on it by saying this. We may look as if we carry on with our lives as before. We may even have times of joy and happiness. Everything may seem normal, but this emptiness is how we all feel all the time. But we don't need to feel emptiness. We don't need to feel Hollow inside. When we can have the one, remember the wee scripture that we talked about at the very beginning in Isaiah forty, who wants to gather us like his lambs, that we can hear his heartbeat. Some of you know recently there we got a puppy, and um, we have a wee family in our lives, and they we ones call us Papa and Nana, and their extended family. We're not blood relatives, but we are extended family and our Zoe was standing in our kitchen the other day and and Bowie was up on me and I'm petting him and talking away to him and a couple of weeks ago I was sitting in the living room and I had him up in my arms like wee baby and I'm I'm cuddling and playing with the front with him and talking away to him and saying how lovely he was and all the rest of it and I could hear my voices my 18 year old son going and I don't want a dog I don't want a dog And this wee thing, and our Zoe said the other day, I don't think I would ever imagine seeing you with an animal and enjoying this animal. This wee thing has won my heart. This love that I have for this wee animal, because I wasn't an animal lover. And I just think this morning, and I know that's nothing compared to what it's like to have our children, although I think our two think their noses are right at the minute. But, you know, even having that wee dog and you're rubbing its chest and you feel a wee heart beating and you just want to bring it close. And we have a God in heaven who sees us like his lambs and he says, I want to bring you to my heart that you may hear my heartbeat for you. Isn't that amazing? God of heaven, this mighty God who created everything loves us enough to say, I want you to experience my heart that you would know my heart beating for you and the love that I have. But how do you get to that place? Do you remember when Jesus walked the earth and he came into Jerusalem and he said this, Jerusalem, oh Jerusalem, these same people that were written about all those years ago previous in the book of um, Isaiah, here we see him walking on this earth and the very same people years later and he has to say this about these people, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and stoned those who sent to you. How often I have longed to gather your children together as a a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you were not willing. See, today, if we want not to live hollow lives, if we want to live fulfilled life, if we want to live a life with purpose, if we want to live a life with passion, we need to be willing to draw close to God. And it's in that drawing close to God and allowing Him to come into our lives where things start to change. And if you're with us this morning and you're not a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, John, you know, I would love to encourage you. Remember when I hailed Logan earlier, I said that we would pray that this wee boy would have an understanding and be taught the things of God, that he would come to a place where he can make a decision to follow Christ. It comes through an understanding of God's Word. But no matter what age you are, sometimes you need an understanding and you need to know more, and it's okay to ask questions. But if you're here this morning, you know you have the problem of hollowness and emptiness. And you're hearing that there's a promise this morning where God will hold you in the hollow of His hand, but also that he will abide with you to fill that present, that, that void. If you need help in getting to that place, why don't you ask the person that brought you this morning? Or why don't you come and speak to me or somebody else in church? We would love to explain that to you. It's very simple. It starts with a prayer, inviting them to come into your life And then you build up relationship with him through reading his word, through praying, through spending time in God's presence. But that fills the void. Now, believer, this morning, and we do pray that you will do that, please do come and ask questions. Start to find out, read more, and find out more about the Lord and how he can fill your life. Now, believers, I know there's some of you sitting here this morning, and you're thinking, well, pastor, I know that. But how come I'm a believer and I'm feeling that way? I come, I'm a believer. I feel a wee empty this morning. I feel a bit hollow. Do you know, as servants of God and children of God, we're always giving out. We have a heart for people, and we want to serve, and we want to love. And we do things for the things of God. We keep tarrying, we keep going, and we want to do things for God. But do you know, if we keep giving out, but we don't keep drinking in, We become hollow and we come empty again. And the very part of the psalm that we read, or the Isaiah that we read earlier on, is for us again this morning. He gives strength to the weary, increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. Young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, as the old translation says, those who wait upon the Lord, renew their strength see in this period of dryness in this period of emptiness how much time are you carving out to in God you see because there's times we have to let everything down rest everything down our technology all the stuff that we're doing for everybody even Jesus said come apart because if you don't come apart you'll fall apart Sometimes we just need to get alone with God every day into that special place and keep drinking Him in. Keep bringing Him in to fill the void, to allow the Spirit of God to move. And I want to encourage you this morning, church, if you're in that place of feeling empty again, your solution is not to run here and run there, but to run to Him. Run to Him. Spend time with him and allow him to fill your life again. Church, you've been so patient in this warm building this morning. But can I just again reiterate, if you're feeling empty and you're not a follower of Christ, come and talk to me. Come to talk to somebody because Christ will fill your life. Take away that emptiness and that void. Believer this morning, you know what you need to do. You need to wait on God. Get back into that place. Bask in his presence. Draw close to him, he'll draw close to you. And he'll fill you once again. And I just pray that God will make us all filled up, full, brilliant people of a great and mighty God who will do well within each and every one of us. And our prayer this morning, Ryan and Michelle, is that this wee one will come to know that living river, that the name Logan, hollow, will not be hollow for him, but God's river of life will flow through his wee life. Amen.